welcome to the IOD's Director's Briefing Podcast. This podcast is produced by the IOD's Policy Unit and provides timely updates, insights and commentary on the key issues of the day impacting business leaders. Welcome to our first Director's Briefing Podcast of 2022. I would like to wish all of our listeners a very happy new year. My name is Hugo Lee. I am the Media and Communications Lead at the Institute of Directors. Today, I am joined by two of my colleagues, Dr. Roger Barker, the Institute's Director of Policy and Corporate Governance, and Kitty Usher, our Chief Economist. Welcome to you both. Hello. Hello. Given that we are at the start of a new year, In this podcast, I want to look ahead and discuss the prospects and priorities for 2022. We enter the year with perhaps a little more reassurance over the Omicron variant than we did just two or three weeks ago. However, it's fair to say the future is far from certain. So, Kitty, can I start by asking you what you think the prospects are for 2022? Are we going to hell in a handcart or is everything actually going to be okay? Well, uh, thank you, Hugo. I hope we're not going to hell in a handcart. The top line uh, story of the UK economy really hasn't changed for the last 18 months or so. This is an economy that wants to get back into action um, following the forcible closure of so much of it in the first quarter of 2020. So the the only issue really is how fast that's going to happen, how quickly the economy will grow to beyond uh, where it was prior to the pandemic hitting. Um, and in that regard, you know, give or take a few percent, the economy is actually roughly the same size as it was uh, two years ago. Now, obviously, there are issues as well, but they are they are secondary issues, but important. Um, and those issues are uh, the surprising rise uh, in inflation, the supply side issues that nobody really predicted in terms of staff shortages, strangely, when a year ago we'd presumed by this stage we'd have soaring unemployment, uh, and also um, uh, shipments and uh, uh, supply chain issues to do uh, with the transportation uh, of goods, and then, of course, frictions at our external borders, which were anticipated but are no less tricky for importers and exporters. Uh, as a result. So given the information that we have at the moment, um, there is no particular reason to think that the economy won't grow in 2022. Obviously, we've had a disturbing time with the new variant in the last six weeks or so, but most forecasters are still expecting growth. Whether it'll be the 6% that um, was officially forecast as recently as, as October seems, you know, perhaps on the little optimistic side now. Um, but I don't think anyone's predicting a recession in 2022. Thanks, Kitty. Um, our latest monthly director's economic confidence index showed that business confidence took a tumble in December. Um, back to where it was a year ago, in fact, um, when the third lockdown was coming into force. Kitty, you've also, you've already um, spoken about some of the issues that businesses and the economy are facing. Is that what's led to this drop in confidence? Um, And 
what impact will this drop in confidence have on the wider economy? Yes, so uh, we measure the proportion of businesses that think the UK economy uh, will improve over the next year and the proportion that think it's uh, are much more pessimistic uh, about the economy. Now, that soared into optimistic territory uh, in the middle of 2021. Uh, and then as the national insurance uh, increase was announced and supply chain issues started to come to the fore in the autumn, it went back to around zero, which meant that there were as many firms or business leaders thinking that the economy was that they were pessimistic about the UK economy as thought as as were optimistic now sadly when omicron hit in uh, December, we now have substantially more uh, business leaders uh, feeling pessimistic about the UK macroeconomy in the next year, over 2022, than feel optimistic. Now, that sort of fits with consumer confidence in a way. There was a definite change of mood. Um, but the reason that it matters is because firms are not going to invest if they think that things they can't control are negative. And so if it, you know, if it feels like it makes a real difference to you to decide whether to take hard-earned profits or investors' cash or potentially take on debt in order to invest in your business, then you want to make sure you're doing it at the best possible time. And if you think that this is not the best possible time, then you're not going to do it. And then, of course, it becomes self-fulfilling because the economy needs businesses to invest in order to get more demand into the economy in order for it to grow. So watching in Investor, uh, watching business economic confidence is really, really important to see whether firms are going to invest to the same extent as we need and want them to. So it is a bit of a disturbing result that we had from our latest data. Um, Roger, another impact of Omicron um, has been a significant increase in staff absences. What impact is that having and what can be done to, to minimise it? Well, I think we've been aware for some time that staff absences are potentially a really important factor in the NHS, in schools and in other public services. They have the potential to overwhelm the system. But what we're finding at the moment is that equally staff shortages are a factor for business as well. Um, we undertook a snap poll of IUD followers on LinkedIn a few days ago, and 43% of respondents said that they were experiencing significant staff shortages in their business. So I think it, it is a real problem. Um, how do we address it? Well, it's obviously helpful that we're not moving at this stage beyond Plan B to implement additional restrictions. Uh, but the government appears to be ruling out a reduced isolation period, as, as has been um, implemented in the United States, where they've moved from seven to five days. Um, if this were to be reduced, it certainly would be a helpful measure for business in terms of alleviating the impact of staff shortages. But we really here are relying on the government and, the, and their scientific experts to judge whether or not it makes sense from a public health perspective. Um, now, of course, staff shortages aren't a new arrival uh, into the economic environment. They were an issue um, before the Omicron phase of the pandemic, um, partly driven by the pandemic. The, the earlier pandemic and also um, driven by Brexit and the, the, the end of free movement of labour, um, the government's longer term approach appears to involve 
increasing training and redeploying the, the domestic workforce to reduce labour shortages. But that really isn't a short-term solution. And it may be the case that the government has to start thinking more about facilitating the access of, of foreign workers into the UK market. Um, just before Christmas, carers were added to the shortage occupation list, which allows carers earning more than £20,000 a year to apply for a 12-month visa. And I think that to some extent, the, the same logic may need, may need to be applied to other business roles and occupations if we're going to address this um, staff shortage situation. Thanks, Roger. And looking ahead to the rest of 2022, in our most recent Policy Voice survey, we asked business leaders what are the most important issues for government to address this year um, to support business. Roger, can you tell us um, a little bit about what these look like? Yes, so there's some very interesting uh, results here, Hugo. Um, the number one issue in the view of our members is the UK's relationship with the EU. So a very clear number one um, issue. The two other big issues were labour shortages, which we've just spoken about, and, and skill shortages. And also our members highlighted the issue of addressing climate change and also the need for the government to address the burden of regulation and business taxation um, as well. Uh, let me just uh, perhaps touch on how we see a couple of, of those big issues. I mean, the EU relationship remains a thorny issue. Um, the chief EU negotiator, Lord Frost, resigned rather suddenly um, before Christmas, and the responsibility for that negotiation has now fallen to Foreign Secretary Liz Trust. But Really, as before, it's the Northern Ireland Protocol which is dominating the relationship. And I think most people would agree that until we can actually work out a way forward on the protocol, it's going to be very difficult for us to move forward um, in other aspects of the relationship. Um, and that's a problem because let's not forget that the EU accounts for 50% of UK trade. So it's, it, it is incredibly important that we reach some kind of compromise on, on the on the protocol. Where we are now is that the government has said that the protocol is unworkable, but they do appear to have softened in certain areas. There are signs that they perhaps accepted that the European Court of Justice can have some kind of oversight uh, role to play. Um, and for its part, the EU is bringing forward ideas on how to smooth border controls, particularly in areas like um, plant and animal product imports and exports. But we've yet to see if these ideas will be sufficient to actually reach a compromise. On skill shortages, we will very much be pushing the government to make vocational training and funding more flexible than it is currently, open to people at all stages of their career. In particular, a significant proportion of our members are of the view that apprenticeship levy funds should be available to a wider range of training and reskilling activities than is currently the case. And we are thinking about the mechanisms that can be used by government to incentivise a big investment by companies in vocational training. On climate change, you will hear much more from us when the IOD launches its 2022 ESG priorities um, initiative in a few weeks' time. Thanks, Roger. Um one of the issues that you that you raised but didn't um, didn't go into detail on was um, business taxation. 
we know that businesses are facing an, an increase in national insurance contributions in April, as well as an increase to corporate to corporation tax next year. Um, and we're, we're also hearing of significant disquiet amongst the Conservative Party, including within the Cabinet, um, over the next increase. Kitty, what is your view on this? Well, we are strongly opposed to the forthcoming rise in national insurance contributions. Um, it's not great for households uh, when the cost of living is rising anyway. It's definitely bad news for businesses. And unlike um, corporation tax, of course, the rise in employers' national insurance contributions is um, a sort of flat tax, almost a poll tax for business, because it doesn't matter how much profit you're making, um, you still have to pay uh, uh, extra simply to employ people to try and undertake any activity at all. Um, And it seems particularly uh, tricky at the moment. Um, Our survey evidence shows that it will lead to less investment just at the time when we need investment. It will be inflationary just at the time when we're already uh, worrying uh, about prices. And it's caused uh, difficulties uh, in terms of business confidence more generally, as we discussed uh, earlier. So I find it interesting that uh, some members of the cabinet are beginning to sense this as well. There seems to be a kind of coalition of forces against it, both amongst consumers and businesses, and also cross-party. The the Labour Party um, expressed its opposition six months ago. Um, So this is certainly one to watch, and uh, the Institute of Directors will be making the case really clearly that this is uh, the wrong way Uh, to raise taxation at the moment. Well, thank you both very much for joining me today. It's been a really useful insight into the current state of the economy and its prospects for 2022, as well as the challenges and priorities from a policy perspective uh, for our members um, and businesses more generally. So thank you for your insight. I'm sure, in fact, that we will be picking up in detail Um, on some of these themes in future podcasts. Okay, thank you. We hope that you have enjoyed this Director's Briefing podcast. Please do subscribe to our channel to ensure that you are kept up to date on our future podcasts. You can find more information about our work on our website at iod.com forward slash news and on our LinkedIn and Twitter profiles. You can also contact us directly via policy-unit at iod.com.